topics. He knows all the stuff that's going on in your life. And he wants to set you free of those, but he wants to be your deliverer today. Are, are you open to that? Okay, so if you have a Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, I want to turn there this morning. And, and the title of the message is, is The Shout Without Clout. And I've been reading in my own personal Bible study time, uh, going through David, how, number one, so the, 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 the people of Israel wanted a king. They wanted to be like the other nations. Basically, they wanted a, a president, a king. Uh, uh, they wanted to be like the other nations. And, and God warned them. He said, listen, through Samuel, this is what's going to happen. If you have a king, these things are going to happen. But because they wanted a king, God said, fine, have a king. You can have a king. He raised up Saul to be the king. Saul was not a good king. Um, then comes along David. So Saul has this, these uh, 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 bad times. And, and David, you know, he has, he's tormented by this evil spirit. And um, so, the, so the Lord sends David, this young shepherd, and, and, and David can play string instruments and sing songs. And he goes and he, he begins to minister to King Saul. And so then later on, Saul starts just making bad decisions. He starts getting them into battles where they shouldn't go. And he starts doing things he shouldn't do. And uh, so now they're, they're at a place where they're facing one of their, their border enemies. And it's if you pick it up in... Uh, First Samuel chapter 17. Now, if you if you want to take your Bible out, because because I just again, I humble myself in the Lord's sight. I just want to be a vessel of honor today. I want to help you today. I want to help you online. And I believe this message is very important for us. So I want you to tune in today uh, at home. Tune in. Uh, and I just let's just pray. And if you would, I know I did this last week. There's no there's no magic in that. We don't believe in magic. We believe in God and his power. But if you would just open your Bible up. If you have a Bible or your um, if your Bible is on your phone or your iPad or device, would you just or if you don't have that, just open your hands. up. Would you do that just today? Just do that here and uh, in the in, in the in the the live stream. Let's just Lord God, we acknowledge that you're the king of kings and the Lord of lords and you're our deliverer. And so, Father, I humble myself and I want to speak your word the way you want And Lord, I know that you've been showing me in my own heart, you want to deliver us. You want us to knock down giants in our lives. And there's many giants in the world, many giants in our own lives. And you're giving us the power. And so when the children of Israel were were under siege, yes, by a bad ruler, you still sent a deliverer. And this deliverer was probably anywhere from 14 to a 16 year old young shepherd. And so, Lord, you send unconventional deliverers in our lives all the time. But more importantly, God, we can be the ones that can deliver our family, our friends, our own selves through the whole power of the Holy Spirit in us. So today, God, I pray the word comes alive. I pray that I only speak what you want. I pray for the anointing to speak to us in the room here and online. And all God's people said, amen. So if you take your Bible out, so just real quick, uh, I'm going to just do a quick synopsis or just kind of. So as I told, told you earlier, is so now um, Saul is, has been disobeying the Lord. He's been doing things he shouldn't be doing. They're facing the Philistines in this account. Uh, as we know, Goliath is over nine feet tall. He's shouting out this. Later on, uh, they defeat the giant through David. Um, Saul is still the king. Later on, David gets anointed as king. He gets older. Saul begins to continue to do things he shouldn't be doing. He's leading his nation. And now Saul is jealous of David because David is out destroying the enemy. He's killed Goliath. And so now King Saul takes the armies of, of the Israel and they begin to chase David around the desert. And so that he's lost his focus. And so then so then, of course, later on, David becomes king. As we know, Saul kills himself. Unfortunately, David becomes the king. David does great things. But also David has faults just like you and I. He makes some mistakes. 
But God still honors him because David has a what what God said. He has a heart after his own heart. And I pray that we have a heart after God's heart. And that no matter what's going on in our lives, I just want to tell you this, that God always sends a deliverer. And first and foremost, his name is Jesus. But he gives us the ability to break strongholds. And so I want to talk about this this morning. So now 1 Samuel 17, I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read through parts of it and then we'll get into the message. Now the Philistines gathered, verse 1, their forces for war and assembled at Silcah in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes uh, Damon between Silcah and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill, the Israelites another, with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out to the Philistine, uh, the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of armor of bronze weighing 500 shekels. And on his legs, he wore bronze greaves and, and a, a, a bronze javelin with, that was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron uh, point weighed 600 shekels. And his shield bear went ahead of him. Verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will come. We will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing Philistine, the Philistines' words, Saul and the, and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. And so this was happening for 40 days. You know this account. And so now David is, is, is the young, one of the youngest sons in, in the household of his family, of Jesse. And so he's out there and he, he, sends, he says, David, go find out what's going on. Here, take some sandwiches, take some bread. I'm just being silly, okay? Take some stuff to them, take some supplies and go see what's going on. Check on them. And so he gets there. So David arrives. He leaves the sheep with another shepherd. He comes up. The armies of Israel and, and the Philistine armies are, are facing up, you know, ah, fighting, getting ready to fight, so-called. He sees Goliath up there defying God, defying the children of Israel. And then he sees his brothers and the army of God terrified. And it says in, later on in Scripture that they ran away every, every day. They ran away for 40 days. So David gets angry and he's like, what's going on? What are, is this not, the, this not the army of God? Is this not God's people? And of course, he begins to ask what will happen. They'll say, man, that giant's terrible. The Philistines are terrible. And uh, what will happen? Well, if someone kills him, uh, Saul will give him these things and, and he will be blessed and all this stuff. And so David sees it again. He's angry. And of course, his brother gets mad at him. saying, you, you know, you're just here to cause trouble. Go away, you punk. You should take care of the sheep. I'm just giving you the, the English version of, you know, what happened. Uh, and so then basically he goes and, and people now the key, the, the word spreads like, hey, there's this young man in, in the crowd who's come among us. He's the son of Jesse. He says he can do something about it. He says he can do something about it. So he calls him before the king. Saul says, you're just a, you're just a boy. This guy, he's he's been fighting since he was a young. He's a warrior. You can't defeat him. So, again, there's this fixed mindset that, that this army of Israel has. And so uh, then David says, God has been with me when a when a bear and a lion came to take the one of the sheep from from my fold. I went and I seized it 
I struck it and killed it and God delivered me. So he gives glory to God. So then Saul says, okay, God be with you. He tries to put his armor on. Remember now, Saul was about six feet tall. Who knows? David was, could have been that tall. But again, he's like a 14, a 16 year old man compared to a 40 year old man when he's fully developed. So he tries to, he's like, I can't fight in this stuff. So Saul says, fine, go. And David gets out five smooth stones. You know the account. I'm just, just abbreviating it. He goes and he stands in front of the the enemy. Goliath mocks him. Am I a dog that you send me this little boy, you know? And so David, you know, doesn't run. He says, all right, I come to you in the name of the Lord. When the battle ensues, he runs to Goliath. He pulls out a stone, as we know, and he slingshots it. And and God delivers him and, and he hits Goliath. Goliath dies. He takes Goliath's sword. I know this is graphic. He takes off his head. The children of Israel, the armies of Israel, then go and defeat the Philistines. A deliverer comes to David who came through unconventional ways. And what I'm saying is this, is we have a lot of things going on in our world. There's a lot of giants, right? Personally, you've got giants in your life. There's giants in our society, giants in our world. And so sometimes it seems like that we, we can't defeat them. We, we can't overcome them. And we're, we're trying. We're, 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 it's that shout without clout, the title of the sermon. We're up there. We're yelling in Jesus' name. We're yelling at the enemy. We're yelling at the giants. But yet then we fall to the giants. We, we run in fear. We hide. And we're like, man, what's going on? What, why is the things happening? And so sometimes the question is, you know, we keep, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, I'm worshiping, but things aren't happening. And, and so I'm just here to tell you, tell you that God hears that, He knows that, but He wants to give you authority through the name of Jesus Christ to overcome. And He knows that you're struggling, the world is struggling. He knows that there are times when sometimes we just say the things. We just say, well, I know I'm supposed to say this, I'm supposed to plead this, I'm supposed to do that, but we really don't believe it in our heart. So the armies of, of Israel said it, but they didn't believe it. David said it and he believed it. And I want to challenge you and I, because I do. I, I pray. I'm like, God, I need breakthrough. This church is breakthrough. The nation is breakthrough. The world, the nation is the only breakthrough. And I pray it. I pray it. I know to pray, but I don't always believe it in my heart. Or, or the giant rears its head and he yells at us and he yells at me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's a giant. I can't defeat him. And God wants to remind us. That we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us and that we can have the spirit of David. We can be like this young man who says, you know what? I don't need all the conventions of the world. I don't need fancy stuff. I just need God because God is my delivery man. And so the quick question I have is, is can a Christian pray too much? It's a loaded question. Can a Christian pray too much? The answer is yes and no. We can pray too much in the sense that we keep praying to use prayer as an excuse to not be active. Oh, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. You know, I'm praying for the lost, but if you don't go out and reach the lost, it just really doesn't make a whole lot of difference. If you're praying for a job and you don't go out and look for the job, you're not putting resumes out, you're not, not then you're kind of just, and please pray. And, and there's times, I've been there, you've been there, where you are praying for people to get saved and you're trying to reach them and, and they don't, it, nothing happens, but eventually it comes because you're trying to act. There's times when you are praying for a job and you are knocking on doors, but it doesn't happen. I get that. But a lot of times in the church, we get to the point where I'm just praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm just believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. But we really are saying that more just so that we can just get off the hook. And see, the children of Israel, the army of Israel was saying, well, there's a big giant there. You don't get it. He's he's evil. They aren't, you know, we we're calling on the name of the Lord, but nothing's happening. And it's easy for us to be talkers. And people that are not actionaries. OK, how many times have we become all words with no action? And I'm just telling anyone can go. I get caught up in that trap. I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm not holy. I have issues just like you. 
And as I said, over time, the giants, the problems, the, the, the trials, the illnesses, the, the, the world catastrophes, p- pandemics, uh, politics, social issues, uh, life-controlling habits, they, they, they make us run and hide in fear because it's so big. And I'm not saying it's not real, it's just it becomes so big. And we've been beat down by the giants in life so much that now we're like, who can help us? We can't do anything. We can't. I've tried everything. And maybe you have tried anything, but I'm here to tell you that God is a deliverer. And he wants to deliver you and I and, and say God wants to deliver in the room. Come on. Say God wants to deliver online in the chat. Say God wants to deliver. You see, God always sends a deliverer when his people call on him. And I don't know about you, but I need to be delivered. This church needs to be delivered. This nation needs to be delivered. Every nation in this world, we need to be delivered right now because the enemy is having his way in our world. And the church has the answer. and His name is Jesus Christ. And it's time for us not just to say we pray. And I'm not saying some of you aren't praying, but let's pray and believe that God is going to help us to tear down the giants in our own lives and in our society. Come on, say amen. 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 I, yeah, I need you to come alive today. Okay. Holy Spirit, help us. For, so 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. It's not a matter of talk, but of power. And of course, that word power in the Greek is dunamis. It means miraculous power. And then in 2 Corinthians 10 through 5, you know the scripture. I'm going to read it again. It says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish stronghold arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Are you ready? Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Type in the chat. I'm ready. All right. So the first thing is the empty battle cry. The empty battle cry. First Samuel 17, 24 is this. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to the to battle positions, shouting the war cry. So they, they, were, they were shouting. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and ran to the battle lines and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with him, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Verse 24. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. So the first thing is this letter A is Israel had a battle cry with no action, a battle cry with no action. So, again, as you just see, for every day, for 40 days, the Israelites went up there. We're victorious. Woo! We're Pentecostals. We're charismatic. Woo! We believe in God. Hallelujah. You know, oh, we're going to win the victory. Woo! 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 Come on, let's go. And they get up there and Goliath gets there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's big. Oh, he's big. And I'm, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. I've done that. I've got all oh, devil. You can't have I'm gum, you know. And then he sometimes he shows his face I'm like, yeah, you are kind of big. So I'm just going to go over here today. I'm coming at you tomorrow, though. We all do that. Come on. But it doesn't really sound like the army of almighty God. They had forgotten who God was to them. Really? Can you imagine the morale of the soldiers? I mean, here we go. What's what's on the agenda today? Well, we're going to go up. We're going to yell, we're going to shout, we're going to claim victory, then we're going to run from the giant. Doesn't that sound victorious? Doesn't that sound fun? For 40 days they did this. 40 days. They were stuck in a rut. Say, stuck in a rut. Everybody gets stuck in a rut. I don't care who you are. And they kept doing the same thing over and over, and they were expecting different results. And that's insanity, right? 
doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is crazy. It seemed that they, it just seemed like they weren't praying. Maybe they were. God, help us to get out of the situation. Let, let there be an emergency at home so I get called away from the battle because I don't want to face this job. I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I'm just speculating like you. They would point to the problem, but they wouldn't take responsibility. And the reality is this, is Saul really should have been the one taking, because he was the king. He should have been the one that faced, I mean, at least, he was at least six feet tall. He had been trained in battle. I mean, he could have, I mean, yeah, the, you know, the giant was three feet tall. Then he could have at least still had a chance, possibly. But they would just say, you know, that's, that problem is huge. And every one of us say, everyone has problems. Okay, you know, not me. Okay, you can repent of lying later. Everybody has problems. Every one of you, every and myself and online, we, we're facing giants. And I'm not trying to make fun of your giant. It's real. It's holding you and I back. But I'm here to tell you that God can overcome that. And he wants you to be free of this starting today. You may get the victory today. It might be tomorrow. But I want to tell you, we all run in fear. We all get seized. We get fearful. And sometimes we'll justify our lack of action. And they obviously, in, in this aspect, they obviously were not trusting in God. In fact, they, as I just said earlier, they faced the giant so long they forgot who God was. You see, many of us, we're in the same place where we're, we're seeing this giant all the time. And, and we keep seeing him, we keep hearing his voice, and we have forgotten that God is our deliverer. We have forgotten of the victory. So the second thing, number one, let it be Christians with a battle cry with no action. Christians with a battle cry, and this is again, praying without action. And unfortunately, I fall into this. You fall into this. Unfortunately, there are many people who live under these same conditions. We're living under a hopeless... Right now, I mean, this world is a mess. We're living in hopeless situations where there seems to be no reprieve for the struggles we're facing from our enemy. We go through the same motions every day. We're praying for a different outcome. We're doing the same things. And it just becomes common to say, I just can't overcome this. I can't. And I want to tell you, it is hard. But we can't overcome I can overcome. You can overcome. And it does come back to the point where we've got to get a, a, a growth mindset like David. David had a mindset. God is on the throne. He's delivered me. But the armies of Israel had forgotten that. And I'm here to judge any of you because there are times when I get in this side where I forget what God has done for my, my life and for this church or for the nation or the nations of the world. And I forget sometimes because the giant becomes bigger than my God. And you see, the giant became bigger than God. And you see, there are many Christians going through many things today. And a lot of times it just becomes common for us to lose. And we just think, you know what, I guess I'm just going to run. Or I'm just going to hide. Or, you know, I just, I don't know what to do today. And see, some, some of us will yell at the devil. You know, devil, God gave me victory 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 5 years ago, last week. And that's fine. But this is a new battle. And we try to beat this enemy with something from the past. And sometimes it is calling on the name of the Lord. But you see, many Christians are living in a rut. And we don't know how to get out, or we can't get out, or we don't want to get out. Because there's comfort in just a rut, even though it's crazy. Or we'll try to blame someone. It's the government. It's the pastor. It's my mom. It's my dad. It's my husband. It's my wife. It's this or that. It's my neighbor. It's the person who wronged me. Uh, you know, they haven't made things right. Or, you know what, my prayer doesn't work. I'm, I'm not touching God. And let's hear God hears your prayers. Don't give up. Come on. Amen. Say, don't give up. 
Type it in the chat. Don't give up. And it's easy for us. You see, it's kind of interesting. This, I just kind of go off for a second. It's interesting that when David came, of course, he greeted his brothers. And then after he started asking, his older brother said, you know, you're just a troublemaker. And so he was convicted by David. Because here he is. He's, he's supposed to be a soldier in the army of, the God, of, the, of God's army, the, the army of Israel. And David, this little shepherd, he's like, oh, you're just a shepherd. We're, you know, go take care of those little sheep, you little punk. And it's, it's interesting because he, he knows what David's done. He knows that David has killed a lion and a bear. He knows that David was called to, to the palace to sing praise songs to help Saul. And Saul knows that too, but it's kind of interesting because he asks, who is this kid? Come on, Saul, you know who he is. He knows all this. So he's trying to put him down. He's trying to put him down. And it's interesting because sometimes someone will come across in our lives and they try to encourage you or they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to defeat this giant. And we say, you know what, who do you think you are? I've been a Christian for 40 years. You're just a new believer. Well, come on. Do you remember that excitement you had when you were a new believer? Do you remember that? It's time to get that back again. Come on, amen. It's time to get that faith where, you know, like a, a younger kid. That, I mean, I love teenagers. I love younger. I love all of you, but I love that, that optimism. We're going to do this. We're going to change the world. Like, nah, you're not going to change the world. My generation didn't do anything. I was like, well, because we're stuck. And so sometimes in our faith walk, we get stuck and we get, we get convicted or jealous because someone is doing something for God. Or it's easy for us to see Satan's handiwork and how fierce. And by the way, he is a, he is a strong enemy, but he's not stronger than God. Amen. God is greater. But we make too many excuses for our inaction. We blame someone. We blame this and that. We, we all do it. My question for me, my question for you is how long are we going to live in fear and do nothing? How long are we going to let this world continue to spin out of control when it's just it's going crazy? People are killing each other, hating each other. Things are falling apart. It's not about an election. It's about the elected of God doing something. Come on. Politicians come and go. Nations come and go. Economies come. Jobs come and go. But the church of Jesus has been in existence since he founded and it's not going away. And we must believe that this same God can help us overcome. So number two, overcoming the giant, overcoming the giant, say overcoming the giant in the in the chat, overcoming the giant. First Samuel 17, 8 to 11. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, uh, we will become your subjects and I will overcome him and kill you. You will become our subjects if I win. Basically, on hearing this, they ran. So I'm just going to stop. When the, the giant makes terms with you, you don't accept the terms. When the enemy makes terms with you, you never accept his terms. Do you get it? Come on, you don't, you don't accept the lie of the devil. Don't, don't accept his terms. So the first thing, letter A, is Goliath kept the armies of Israel in fear. Again, I'm going over this. I know it's simple, but I want you, Holy Spirit, to get inside you and say, I'm sick of these giants keeping me down. I have victory through Jesus Christ. Come on, amen? You see, obviously the giants were a big thing. The, the, the Jews fear. I would fear someone because I'm only five foot ten. And if there was a nine foot some person in front of me, and I said, I'm going to kill you. I would I would be afraid. Not me. Well, I'm glad because I'll put you first. I want and I'll be like you go, David, go, go for it. Let me see how that works out for I got you back <laughs> back here. And so. Obviously, they had a fixed mindset and it goes back to my 
I, I think it goes back to when when they sent out the ten spies. You remember this account when they sent the ten spies out and, and they went out to or how many twelve, 12 spies? How, they sent the spies out, right? And they sent the spies out and two came back. Joshua says, we can do it. The rest of them said, we can't do it. And, and their words were the, the ten bad spies with the negative report. Listen to what they said. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and also in theirs. So they had put themselves into a negative mindset saying, we are tiny compared to those giants. And that was passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation. And now when they face a giant, that fixed mindset was there. Say fixed mindset is not always good. David had a growth mindset. Say growth mindset is liberating. And so David had this growth mindset. He says, you know what? I have faced a lion and a bear. By the way, well, you know, that, that lion was probably a cub or that bear was probably a solitaire. So the Asiatic lion, which now are extinct in Israel, they, are, they weigh about 550 pounds. Uh, let, me, let me do some math for you, okay? So me, I weigh about 185 pounds. Okay, David, probably being 14, when I was 14 years old, um, I probably weighed 160 pounds. Okay? I didn't have all the muscle. Uh, I mean, I didn't have the muscle then. You'll get it in a second. You laugh. 160 pounds, 180 pounds, 550 pound lion. David has hands. The lion has, what does he have? Claws. You ever seen those National Geographic things? Some of you have actually seen a lion in the wild. That lion will rip David apart. The Bible says David took the lion and he smote it. He killed it. Okay. And then a bear. Well, you know, the the bears in the Middle East. The bear then was what's called a Syrian brown bear. A Syrian brown bear weighs, get, get this, 550 pounds. David. 160, maybe 180 pounds on a good day, right? Bears look cute. A brown bear, when he stands up, he's over six feet tall. And guess what? Claws. Sharp claws. So David understood that. He said, God, help me be delivered. He had a growth mindset. If God can help me be delivered from a lion and a bear, this giant ain't nothing. Do you see what I'm saying? So Goliath had kept the children of Israel because they had a fixed mindset. We can't face giants. We can't defeat giants. They overemphasized the size of the giant. Again, they were looking at Goliath's size and not God's size. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes, even this week, I've allowed the giant in my life to be bigger than God. But I'm here to tell you that God wants us to be free of that. Come on, say amen. Letter B, Satan keeps many Christians in fear. Or in prayer without action. You see, Satan works in our lives just like he did with the the, the army of Israel. He knows your fears. He knows your temptations. He knows your struggles. He knows your weakness. And he comes at you all the time. He is the deceiver. He is the accuser. And it's okay to hate him. And hate his works. He knows what works against you. And he knows that if you get serious about prayer, if you take action, if you step into the authority of Jesus Christ, he knows that you can defeat the giant, but he will keep the giant making look bigger than what it really is in your life. He'll put fear. Well, you know, if I really pray like I should, what will people think? 
What if I fail? What if God doesn't answer my prayers? But let me ask this. But what if you do succeed? What if God does give you victory? What if God does answer your prayer? Come on, amen. This is what the children of the army of Israel had a fixed mindset. David had a growth mindset. Theirs is what if we failed? David's was, I can overcome through God. Amen? You see, the church in America, I need, you need, we need to get back to this mindset. How many times do we make fears larger than they really are? You see, Satan laughs at us. He, he loves keeping us paralyzed. Look at where God brought David. Again, he was the youngest of his brothers. He was herding sheep of the wilderness. And they thought, what did he know about fighting giants? Well, God prepared him with a bear and a lion. And you see, God is preparing some of you, or he has prepared you with some of your, your, your difficulties that you've come through so that you can face the giant. So look at this. So David was anointed king later on. God prepared him in the wilderness. And we all are like David. Say, I'm like David. You're human, right? I mean, right? You're human, right? No androids in here? No replicates, silicates, right? Online, androids there? You know, you're, you're live, right? You're a human. David was human. David had struggles and, and victories just like you. David had a lot of time out there taking care of the sheep. And it wasn't, he was born, he was watching the sheep, but he also was praising God at the time. He was learning about God. And so whatever situation you're in, you can continually learn and praise God. Come on, amen? He was faithful in the small things, and then God brought him up to these situations. He was a shepherd, he was a poet, he was a musician, he was a giant killer, he was a king, and he was an ancestor of Jesus. But David also had other qualities. He was a betrayer, he was a liar, he was an adulterer, he was a murderer. But God still used him. You see, you think, well, I've got this, I got that. And God can still use us in spite of ourselves, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our faults. Come on, isn't that exciting? You see, when God calls you to do something, he's going to prepare you or he has prepared you. And by the way, when God puts something on your heart to do something, that's your call. Oh, it got really quiet. Because what happens, someone, you'll go to someone, you know what God's put in my heart? Well, how, are, are you going to do that? In fact, they'll come to me. Pastor, I have this thing that God's put in my heart. And, I just, when you, and I'll say back, that's your thing. High five. I'll help when I can, but that's God's call in your life. See, maybe you're a giant as you're trying to make excuses. Or you're afraid to step out. And I know starting something new is hard. But if God calls you to do it, he will provide. He will give you the victory. Come on, say Amen. Don't let Satan keep you unproductive because of fear or excuses or the giant looks bigger. And I'm not saying your giants aren't real. Face your fears head on with God's power. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. We are overcomers in Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. So number three, getting, getting the right perspective. Are you doing good? Say you're doing good. Okay, only two of you. Online, say you're doing good because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. Number three, getting the right perspective. First Samuel seventeen thirty three. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy. He has been a fighting man from his youth. So wait a minute. Did you catch this? He was a fighting man from his youth. So did so was Goliath born a man? He wasn't born a baby. Do you see do you see this? The, the, the language, what he's saying to David. 
Yes, he was born a giant, probably born to giants, but he was still born a baby, right? He was still a boy. He had to become a teenager. And then, yes, probably from his teenage years, he was, he was taught how to fight. So Saul is kind of disrespecting David a little bit as well. Okay, just a little bit. But also Saul was looking at it from a worldly point of view, a human mindset. And so letter A is David looked at the situation from God's point of view. You see, Saul's perspective was he saw a war-seasoned giant and he saw David as a little... He knew who David was. David would come into the palace and play worship music to calm him down. He knew who David was. But he acts like, you're just a boy, you're nobody. Saul had forgotten God's mighty hand. Saul had forgotten to look from God's point of view that God had called them to overcome. And David had seen God do many mighty things in his life and he wasn't going to give up on that. I want to encourage you, you've seen great powerful works of God. Don't give up because God can do greater things still. Come on, amen? You see what happens, and I'm just going to venture to say that I'm pretty sure at this time Saul was not spending time in prayer. And let me tell you, I can definitely tell when I'm not spending a lot of time in prayer or I'm just praying just to pray, not praying, God, I want to be with you. There's a difference in my life. I believe less. I'm crankier. I get frustrated. I try to solve things in my own power without the, without the power of God. And here it is. David had the perspective of God, but Saul had lost the perspective of God. He had forgotten that God was on the throne. And when we don't spend a lot of time in prayer, it shows. Come on, you can say you spend a lot of time in prayer, but if you're not believing it, it shows. It shows in a lack of faith. It shows that we take a human perspective. Well, Pastor Dan, this pandemic's been tough. It is tough. And I, just like you pray, this gun violence thing, I don't like it. I'm going to pray because I'm just honest with you. Politicians have had plenty of time to do something about it, but it's not, they're not doing anything about it. The church has the power of Jesus Christ to bind this destructive spirit. When we start praying like that and believing like that and uniting like that, then something's going to happen. Come on. I know I've offended some of you, but the Democrats and Republicans have been doing the same thing for the last 50 years and it's just getting worse. And when the church gets serious, it says, I bind this evil giant of destruction in the name of Jesus. I cast it down. I take authority over it. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in Jesus' name, when we start uniting like that, I guarantee you something's going to happen. Well, my constitutional rights, and I don't care about I'm tired of seeing people die like this, period. I don't want people to die, period. But when we take serious our prayer life, things will happen. Come on, amen? But I'll read it to you again, because I want to read it to you again. First Samuel 17, 34 through 37. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Yes, I'm a shepherd, is what he's saying. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from the... So basically, remember, he had the shepherd's staff, but they also carried like a little club. And I didn't. I don't have a club because it's not really cool for a pastor to have a club, right? Okay? So they had the shepherd's staff, and they had this club, which was probably a stick, and it had a hard end on it. And he, he took this club, and when the bear or the lion took off the lamb, he would hit the bear or lamb hard enough that the bear, or lamb, uh, the bear or lion would let go of the lamb and then it would turn on him, okay? It would turn on David. So this is what it says, okay? I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, 
I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. Good luck, basically, what are you saying? You see, David had a different perspective. He knew that God was with him. David was a shepherd and he understood that God is like a shepherd. He cares for the flock and David understood that and he was angry and he said, you know what? Why isn't Saul keeping the people of Israel from the predators or why is he letting the predator have his way? And you see, God wants the best. Say God wants the best for me, for every nation, because God loves every nation. He does. Some of us get so we get so uh, ethnocentric. We, we think our nation is the only nation, the, whatever nation you're from, this nation. God loves every nation. He wants every nation saved. He wants every tribe saved. He wants every person saved. Do you understand that? And so God, the shepherd, is looking over and he's looking for Christians who say, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm tired of these giants. I'm tired of this happening in this land or whatever land. And I'm going to take the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take this eternal perspective. David knew that Israel was God's flock and he knew that God wanted to deliver them. He wanted to bless them. And he, he knew that God did not want them to live in fear. God doesn't want us living in fear. Remember, the Bible says to not fear. Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. God is in Timothy says he's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of what? Power. That's that dunamis word. We need to believe that. David knew that God was with him because God works in unconventional ways. Remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember Daniel in the lion's den. He was in the den of lions. Remember lions, 550 pounds, sharp claws, hungry. There wasn't one. There were many lions. God delivered him. God delivered Daniel and his friends from the fiery furnace. God delivered Israel. I mean, he, he knew that th God takes unconventional things and does great things. We keep thinking the government's going to do something. We keep thinking this or that's going to do something. And really God's saying, I can do something through you if you just believe me. If you look at the giant the way David looked at it, if you looked at the giant from my eyes, letter B, viewing the impossible from God's point of view. Viewing the impossible from God's point of view. Let me just tell you, God keeps breaking into my mind in my scripture reading is this is your homework. Look up Matthew chapter seven. It says to ask, seek and knock. And then a few chapters over, I can't remember the exactly one, but then it talks about again where where the synagogue ruler Jairus, he goes to Jesus and then also the woman with the bleeding issue. They're persistent. And God keeps telling me, stand if you want to see some breakthroughs, be persistent. Keep seeking me. I want a breakthrough for you. And I believe that message is for you and I in this room and on the chat. I see you up there. I know I'm looking down here a lot, but I see you up there and I'm grateful that you're there. But let it be viewing the impossible from God's point of view. You see, many of us, again, we see our situation and we say, I can't be delivered. There's no way out. And you know what? Sometimes in the physical realm, there's no way out. But with God, there's always a way. God can always make a way. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge me that there is a way. You see, a lot of times, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I try to tackle situations in my own knowledge, my own strength. And on a rare occasion, I get out of it. But a lot of times, sometimes it just causes more problems. 
And I get in a deeper mess. And I'm not saying that God doesn't give you intellect. He doesn't give you a mind and wisdom. Uh, but I, there's times I just, I don't, really need, I don't really need to go to God. I know how to do this. And pff, I was wrong. And there are times I don't, I don't need to call God. God, what color shoes am I going to wear today? How should I comb my hair? No, I don't need to ask God about that. But when there's a situation, when there's a giant in my life, God, I don't know what to do. This giant has been beating me down. I need help. And that's an honorable thing. And this is where we need to go to God. Get help. Do what you need to do. I mean, find help. I mean, we, we try to tackle our, 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 our problems. Debt, marital problems, uh, relational problems, addictions, job situations, sickness, depression, anxiety. I mean, those, the violence in the world. We try to solve it in our own problem, power, but it, ca- it just doesn't always solve it. Get help. The biggest help you can do, and don't try to ever try to solve problems by yourself, is get help. Say, I need some help. Talk to someone. Call someone. Do Find help. But because of this, we, the giant looks bigger. And that's what the devil wants. He'll begin to say, you can't overcome this. You're weak. You sinned last week. You did that last night. You fell to that last night. And he'll beat you down all the time. And you need to say, yes, you know what? I did do that, but I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. I belong to God. I made a mistake. I failed there. That's right. But God is my overcoming power. And I'm calling on God to help me overcome this thing in my life right now. You see, no, many, no, no, no wonder many of us have lost hope in God because we see the giants in our lives. And we've forgotten the past victories He's given us. We've forgotten who God is. We, we've made our giant, and I'm, I'm not, I do it too, I've made my giant bigger than God. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to call on you to call on God today. Because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the giants in my life beating me down. I'm tired of the giants beating down this church, beating down this nation, beating down every nation. And I'm tired of the church thinking that there's another solution when the solution is the name of Jesus Christ. In His authority, in His power, living in His name. Are you doing good? No wonder the church has lost power in the influence of society because we keep thinking it's going to happen through money, through music, through speeches, through politics. And I'm, I'm going to offend some of you, but whenever the church and politics gets married, it, it's not good. You can have your political views, but the Bible says the kingdoms of our God is bigger than the kingdoms of this world. And the kingdoms of the world shall become the kingdoms of God. The problem is we think the kingdoms of the world will become the kingdom of God. And we try to put the kingdoms of the world on top of God. It never works that way. Never. Never works that way. I'm honored to be born in this nation. I'm honored that I'm a citizen of this nation. And I'm honored and humbled. But my kingdom is the kingdom of God, first and foremost. I take my marching orders from Jesus, not the Republicans, not the Democrats. I take my orders from Jesus. He is my king. I vote. I pray. But I don't trust politicians. Just being honest, if you're a politician, I do, I do love you. But when you guys get together, you get in groupthink and things don't work out for the nation. And we keep thinking there's a solution going to be the next election. If I, if I, just had, if I won the lottery, if, if my husband just did that, if Pastor Stan just did that, if the government did that, why don't you just call on God instead? Because I can't do all that. The government can't do all that. The lottery is not there for you. It's not going to work for you. We need to see the big picture. 
Write down 1 Peter 5, 6 and 9. It just says, humble. In fact, I'm going to read it. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's almighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Know the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of stuff. See, when you, if you're out in the wild and you hear a roar of a lion, you're going to be scared. Not me. You're awesome then. I would be scared. If I was out, in fact, uh, uh, years ago, there's a, uh, the Catoctin Mountain Zoo up the road in Frederick, and they had this grizzly bear. And with this, when Zoe and Michaela were younger, we would go there sometimes. It was kind of cool. And one day, I think it might have been our first time there, maybe. We were walking along. All of a sudden, this, this grizzly bear gets up, and we didn't quite see it. But he, he made this blood-curdling, hair on the back of your head, arms stand up, roar. And I was like, we were in. And we're like, oh, my goodness, what was that? And then that's the grizzly bear. And you, you could see it because the grizzly bear is bigger than a brown bear. Roar! The devil roars like a lion, but he's not the lion. His giant will get up and try to scare you. And it is. It's over. It can be overwhelming. But know that if you humble yourself and you call on God, God will help you. We need to hold on. God wants to deliver you. God, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But will you, when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under. God wants you to win. Say, God wants me to win. Type it in the chat. God wants me to win. God wants you to win. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to lose. He, wants, he doesn't want you to be defeated. He wants you to win. Sure, he lets us fall because we try to do things in our own power because we need to learn. We need to get his perspective that we will overcome. We're going to go through tough times. David had to face the lion. David had to face the bear. Those are some serious issues. How many of you have taken out a bear or lion by your bare hands? Let me see you, your hands. Nobody in this room. Maybe nobody on the chat. Um, okay? So he had to go through it. You're going to go through it sometimes. I'm not saying you're never going to face problems. You're going to go through it. But God will help you overcome. Uh, check this out. The, according to the National Bureau of Standards, a dense fog, listen to this, a dense fog covering seven city blocks to a depth of 100 feet is, is, is composed of something less than one glass of water. Some of you didn't get that. Let me read it to you again. According to the National Bureau of Standards, a dense fog covering seven city blocks to a depth of 100 feet is composed of something less than one glass of water. That fog can be, fit, can be filled into a glass of water. And so sometimes we look, and fog, and fog can be dangerous, right, when you're out and you can't see. I'm not saying it's not a real thing, but what it is, is sometimes we will make what we, that old saying we say here in America, is we'll make mountains out of molehills. You ever seen a mole? You ever had a molehill? I mean, it's like a little bump in your lawn, or, and you could trip on it. I'm, I'm not, you know. But we make that molehill into a mountain. We get in a fog, and I, we all do it. I'm not saying you should, but what I'm just saying is that, okay, God, I can't see clearly. I don't understand. I don't see the perspective. God, give me your perspective. He will help us. Come on, Amen. The last thing, I'm getting down to the end, worship team. In, a, yeah, in fact, just, just come on up, worship team, if you can. Just start coming up. 
is go and fight. First Samuel 17, 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Your servant will go and fight him. You see, David got angry at the giant and overcame him. He didn't want to see God's people living in fear. He didn't want to see God's people living in defeat. He didn't want to see them under oppression or to become slaves to Goliath. And until you and I get angry at our giants and say, giant, you're not going to control my life anymore. You're not going to keep me down. I can defeat you in the name of Jesus. We will continue to fall to the giant. I'm just telling you, I do it. He was angry. He was like, can someone do something? Let's do something. He saw no one was going to do something. And he finally said, I'm going to do it. Well, Pastor Stan, you said I can't. Well, if I said, if I said you can't, please forgive me. Just go out and do it. Well, the government said I can't. Just go and do it. My wife said I can't. Well, then you're in trouble, right? And if it's good, then just get out and do it. My mom said I can't. When are you going to stop listening to your mom? Well, listen to your mom. She's wise. She knows more than you. But when you become an adult, you need to start making your decisions. And don't use mom to cook your meals all the time. Wash your clothes, unless she invites you over, by the way. Don't get me off track. You guys get me off track. Knock it off. But see, David was ready for battle. He used his strengths. He used what God had given him. He learned. But it wasn't the convention. Remember, Saul said, here, take my armor, take my sword, take my shield, take my helmet. And it didn't fit. And David said, those things don't work. But what God brought me through, this is work. A lot of times in church, we'll say, well, this is what I did. I did this. I prayed for 40 days. I fasted till I almost died. Um, you know, then I, 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 I went to this monastery for six years. And then uh, I all ate, ate was plain noodles with tofu. And then God brought victory. And that might have worked for you. But it doesn't always mean it works for someone else. And we as Christians, we're quick to give someone a prescription. Oh, you got that issue? Well, here's what you need to do. And sometimes it might be true, but a lot of times it may not be true. We're quick to tell someone what they need to do instead of saying, I'm with you, I'm praying with you. This worked in my life. I don't know if it will work in your life, but we need to help people. This is what, this is what Saul did. This is what David's brother did. You're just a kid. But that kid loved God. That kid had a relationship with God. And we should never discount someone who is hungry for God. Come on, amen? We need to believe. So David was angry at the giant. And, he, and he's like, all right. First Samuel 17, 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come to you in the name of Trump. I come to you in the name of Obama. I come in the name of the Republicans or Democrats or Biden. No, he says, I come to you in the name of Stan Nelson. <laughs> That's funny, right? I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Come on, church. We need to stop thinking someone else is going to solve the problems when his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. Call on him. He will help you. We need to be angry at the giants in our lives and say, you know what? I come against you in the name of Jesus. David didn't call on a politician, a company, money, a social. And those things can be important. He called on the name of the Lord because the name of the Lord can be trusted. So 
So let it be as you and I need to get angry to overcome the giant or giants in our lives. You got to get angry at it. I'm tired of being down. I'm tired of wasting my money on this. I'm tired of being discouraged. I'm tired of whatever. I'm tired of this or this or that. Say, I'm tired of it. Get out of my life, Satan. Yes, you can yell. And then say, Lord, you are my deliverer. Deliver me. God hears you. God wants to deliver you. Come on, say, God wants to deliver me. In the chat, God wants to deliver me. If anyone tells you otherwise, they're not listening to the same God that you and I are listening to. God always wants to deliver people. Always. Come on, always. He's not an angry God up there to want to beat you down. He wants to set you free. And yes, sin will destroy you. Rebellion is not fun. He will discipline you, but he doesn't want to beat you down. He wants to grow you up. Would you stand in this room this morning? I don't know about you, but I need you to be serious today. I need to be serious today. And I want to open up the altars wherever you're at in the room. I want you to say, I want want God to help me defeat these giants right now. I want you to, in a few minutes, when I say, come, say, God, I'm coming down here. I don't have the power to to defeat this giant, but you are almighty God and you're going to defeat this giant. And I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. You got to believe in him. You got to believe in him. You got to believe in Jesus Christ and foremost. He has the power. He has the authority. It's time to face your giant and your giant. It's time to get because God wants you to live in victory. God wants me to live in victory. So if you want to come down now, you can. I'm going to pray. It's time for us to stop letting the devil keep us running. It's time for me to stop running from my fears that are holding me back. God sent the church to change the world. God bless you, whatever political party you are and you vote. And I'm glad for that. But the church is the only real thing that's going to change the world. And we need to stop thinking this or that or that. And and I stand against racism. I stand against hate. I stand against misogyny. I stand against hypocrisy because I don't want to be a hypocrite myself. I want fairness and equality for all people. And it only truly happens through Jesus Christ. So come on, if you want to say, man, Satan, I'm tired of you. I don't want this devil. I don't want this giant beating me. And you want God to be with you. Just come to the front. Come on, don't be afraid. I know we haven't done it because of the pandemic. If you want to spread out, you want to sit in your chair, do come to the front. Come on. Maybe this morning online in this room, you've heard me talk about Jesus. Jesus is our Savior. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care what color, your gender, anything like that. He cares that you have a relationship with him. And he's calling you right now. The only way you can defeat this giant is call in the name of the Lord. The Bible says whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin, Satan, and the grave. And if you're in the room, you're online this morning, and you say, you know what? I'm ready to cross that line of faith. I'm ready to accept Jesus as my Savior today. Would you just, just, just say, Jesus, save me today. Be my Lord. Deliver me. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. And Lord, help me defeat these giants that I'm facing right now in Jesus' name. You see, your giant, your giant could be addiction. It could be debt. It could be depression. It could be fear. It could be the government. It could be your pastor. I hope it's not me. I'm, I'm nobody. It could be an excuse. It could be safe Christianity. The church in America needs to stop playing safe Christianity. The Philistines, the enemy of our soul, is destroying the nation. I don't know how many... Things we need to see that before the church rises, we have the answer. If you're ready for God to tear down your giants, you want his help, I want you to come to the front or I want you to step right there or in your room, I want you to kneel down. 
It's time for us to get angry at the giants and say, we're going to overcome through Jesus Christ. So, Father, today I humble myself because I've got giants in my life. And I make those giants bigger than they real. They're there. They're real struggles. I'm not, I'm not messing around, Lord. But you're bigger than my giant. And forgive me for making my giants bigger than you. And Lord, let me get back to having a faith like David that there's nothing impossible with God. And Lord, I'm tired of beating myself down. I'm tired of letting others discourage me. I'm calling on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord delivered David from the paw of the lion and the bear. The, the name of the Lord delivered the people of Israel from the Philistines. It's the name of the Lord that's going to deliver this nation. It's the name of the Lord that's going to deliver every person in this room for whatever they're struggling with. That giant's real. It's, it's hard. But there is power in the name of Jesus. There's victory.